Welcome to Motherhood Unstressed, a podcast for anyone who wants to let go of stress and anxiety, take their power back, and learn how to create a truly beautiful life. Each week, I'm speaking with amazing individuals who are experts in the field of entrepreneurship, fitness, nutrition, motherhood, sex, and so much more. I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. I'm a mom, a blogger, and a certified health coach. I'm obsessed with personal growth and change, and I've helped women all around the world regain alignment with what they truly value in life and remove the blocks preventing them from living their life to the fullest. If you're ready to stop living a half-life and move fully into your power, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey guys, in this episode, I'm speaking with Lauren Everts Bostick. She's the founder of the wildly popular blog and podcast, The Skinny Confidential. She's also an author and entrepreneur. I was so excited that she agreed to come on the podcast because I followed her for a while and her work ethic has always amazed me. I mean, I feel like she is working 24-7 and we get all into that in the podcast. And I ask her how she finds the energy to do that and how she finds you know, the determination and the drive and what is driving her. And and she really sheds a lot of light on what it takes, you know, what kind of mindset it takes to have that vision for yourself and your business and, and to actually execute it. And something that she said from the podcast was don't have a vision board, have an execution board. And I thought that that was so inspirational and so real. And that's really what she is. She's such an authentic, real, raw person, while at the same time being insanely entertaining and really bringing a lot of value to her followers. So it's no surprise that she has over half a million followers on Instagram and um, a ton of followers on her blog. So I hope you really enjoy this episode. I hope you get a ton of value out of it. And I hope it inspires you to live your best life and live a truly beautiful life. So without further ado, here's my episode with Lauren. Enjoy. This episode is sponsored by Organifi. Organifi offers completely non-GMO organic superfood blends that makes incorporating really good nutrition into your diet insanely easy. You literally do not have an excuse not to get your fruits and veggies anymore because they've done all the work for you. And if you use the code unstressed, you will receive 15% off your purchase at OrganifiShop.com. Lastly, this episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. If this is a company you haven't heard of, believe me, in the next year or two, you will. They are doing amazing things in the world of medicinal mushrooms. Uh, Right now, I'm kind of obsessed with their hot cacao with reishi, which is something I'll drink before bed every night. And it's just so relaxing, so calm and so good for you. So it's kind of a no-brainer. Also, if you love coffee, but you hate the way it makes you feel like jittery, stressed, just not well, then they have a ton of uh, mushroom blends for coffee. Uh, They also have a really good matcha. So go to foursigmatic.com and use the code unstressed to save 15% off. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am so thrilled for our guest today. Um, She's someone that I've really admired for a long time. And, you know, she has a great following um, on social media and beyond because she's such an inspiration. I'm here today with Lauren Everts Bostick, and um, she is a podcaster. She's a blogger. She's uh, an entrepreneur. And so I'm so excited to talk with her and share, um, have her share her experience in life and in business and beyond. So welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. 
Um, and I always kind of start by having my guests give us a little bit of context. I'm sure most of the people listening, of course, have heard of you. But for those that haven't, what were, you know, the events in your past that, you know, got you to where you are now as this like powerhouse brand? Yeah, so about probably nine years ago, I was attending San Diego State University and I was sort of doing what society tells you you're supposed to do, which is graduate high school, go to college, you know, get a job while you're in college and then, you know, do the internship and just sort of doing, I guess what it is like the right way. And, um, I was bartending until midnight and I would wake up and teach Pilates and pure bar and then go to school full time and then go back to the bar at four o'clock. So it was like a very hectic schedule. And I, I was doing, like I said, everything I was supposed to be doing. And I just had this sort of epiphany that was like, wait, no, wait a minute. This is not fulfilling me. Um, I'm bored. I was so bored. And um, I just started really thinking outside the box. And I started to really stop listening to what everyone else thought that I should do and started really living life on my own terms. And um, at this time, I was also sort of looking to make friends because I was on a new college campus and I joined a sorority. Um, so about five minutes into the sorority, I realized you had to pay $800 a semester to be in the sorority. And I, I left literally after a day, I think, a couple hours. And so I started to think there's got to be some way to do what these sororities are doing and do it in a way that's not catty without having to pay and do it broader and sort of like create this community of women to share their tips and tricks, not just mine, but like I wanted to hear other women's tips and tricks and models and actresses. And so this is when blogging was not cool at all. It was nothing special. And I just, for some reason, really felt a blog was the best way to not only do all those things, but also to reach a broader audience and to reach really the world. I mean, with blogging, you can reach, you know, people in Japan or Australia or all different, different types of the world. So that, that was really interesting to me to be able to connect with other women from across the globe. So um, I started writing, you know, names down in my phone. Of, of what I wanted it to be. And what it was is like a place, like I said, for tips and tricks. So it was sort of to get the skinny. Mm-hmm. And I, those words fit together. And as I started to build it, I just really knew that I was not just building a blog, I was building a brand. And so I really was very strategic and methodical with how I rolled it out. It wasn't something that I just put up one day. I know. I think I read that you. it took you two years from the first idea of having it to when you actually launched it. I mean, two years. That's amazing. It took me about a year, not two years. I, I Thank God, not two years. I think that's too long. In fact, I think a year is too long. I think I should have launched sooner. Um, and, and the reason that it took me so long is it's not like I was sitting around, you know, thinking and dreaming of what I was doing. I was, instead of creating like a vision board, I I was actually creating an execution board. And I tell people that want to start in this industry, like a vision board's cute and it's like, you know, inspiring, but what's even better is an actual execution board. So I really took my time picking, picking colors and textiles and fonts and drawing out how I wanted the website to look. I had this like pink track for keeper full of um, all these different articles and, and research that I had done. And then I started collecting other women's ideas, just like really getting interested in other people and other women's 
um, day to day other than myself, but at the same time tracking down what I was doing. So when I launched, I would have a lot of value and quality. Um, it wouldn't just be sort of, you know, launching with my head cut off. Right. I mean, it seems like you were really reverse engineering it, you know? That's so funny that you say that because that's exactly, that's, I always say to create a strategic future, you, you want to create systems, um, not just goals. So you want to work backwards, just like you just said, um, in, in, in place and put those systems into place to get to the goals. And did you know that when you were doing it or were you just like trying to just collect the data? I mean, did you know like, hey, I'm going to reverse engineer this. I'm going to do it this way so that when I am ready, it's going to be, you know, close to perfection. I mean, this is probably a good and a bad thing, but I always have so much clarity on what I like and what I don't like. Like I'm very, um, like my vision has always been so crystal clear and that's helped me a lot, but sometimes that can also be a bad thing too, because you get so stuck in your vision that you sometimes can't see things that maybe you would have seen if you weren't so stuck in it. So I remember like nine years ago, just having such a vision for the skinny confidential, um, and just knowing exactly, um, what I wanted. And, and I think that that's helped me, but like I said, I think it also can get to a point where it hurts you. Right. Right. And I think that's a common theme, especially for mothers, which, you know, is the majority of the listeners here is, you know, it's, you go into motherhood thinking it's going to be one way. And then all of a sudden it's like, you have to adapt and you have to change if you want to live and survive. So I think that's a great lesson for anyone listening, um, just to know that and embody that. Yeah. I mean, I think, and I think you could probably relate to this with motherhood. My entire childhood the theme of my childhood was figure it out. You want something, figure it out. You, you know, you want to go do something, figure it out. You, you want, you want to make your own money. Like everything was figuring it out and always finding creative angles. So, you know, I've been told no 8 million times. So I always have had to get really creative with ways, um, around the no. Like I, I really, people say, what are your failures? I don't look at it like that. I look at a failure as a way to see something from a different angle. And I think, with motherhood, I can imagine, I'm not a mom yet, but you're thrown into something that's so new. Um, and you do, you have to figure it out. Like you, you, like you said, you have to adapt and you have to get creative and, and find those angles. Absolutely. And I was like, that was kind of a question that I had in my mind with how you were raised, because it seems like, like straight out of the gate. I mean, you're working two jobs, you're going to school full time, you're having this vision of a blog and, you know, essentially a brand, like, how were you raised to have that kind of mentality? Was it just because, I mean, what were your parents like in that way to raise you like that? My parents, thank God, were very, very non-judgmental. And, um, there was no judgment from them. Like whatever I wanted to be was okay with them. There was never any pressure to be someone I wasn't. They've always been supportive, but not like pulling my press clippings out and putting them on a wall. So there was like this middle ground where it was like, you know, like you go do you, but like they weren't going to coddle me. And, um, I grew up um, with two parents in the house, and then my parents got divorced when I was 10. Um, my little sister came when I was five. And um, a lot, I remember a lot of my childhood was just really, if I, if I wanted something, like I said, I would always find ways to figure it out. And I think that's because the, the foundation that my parents gave me, which was like, you want something, go get it. 
go figure it out. Um, and even to this day, like my dad is, is very careful and cognitive. He never, um, he never strokes my ego ever. I mean, he tells me that he's so proud of me. It's not, it's not where he's not giving me any kind of validation, but at the same time, he always will say things like, you know, I'm not surprised, like, and, and sort of not, it, nothing is like a huge, huge deal. But at the same time, I know he's proud. It's a, it's a very, um, it's sort of a finesse, I think. Um, so I grew up in this atmosphere that had no judgment and just taught me to unapologetically be myself, whatever that looked like. And I think that I try to convey that now on the skinny confidential. It's like a very, uh, it's a very open space. It's like you do you, whatever that looks like. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And that definitely does come across. I mean, I think that was one of the first things that attracted me to you. But, you know, when you first glance at your page, you're like, oh, she's just another pretty girl. And, you know, but no, like you dig deeper and it's like you are a businesswoman. You keep it real. You talk about, you know, a lot of things that people are kind of, you know, they shy away from talking about like marriage and hangovers and, you know, things like that, like real life. And so that kind of leads me into my next question is, how do you balance that? You know, how do you come off as this powerhouse personal brand, which you are, but then also, you know, you have your softer side. So how do you balance that brand and personal, especially because the two are so intertwined? Yeah, I think I've, I've always been used to people seeing blonde hair and big boobs, big fake boobs, <laughs> and automatically judging me. And instead of using that as a negative, I've used it as a power because I think like, let everyone underestimate anyone out there that's, that's listening. Let everyone underestimate your abilities. Like that's fine while they're underestimating you. Like I'm busy hustling. Um, yeah. Balance is a word that's, that's hard for me because I think that balance is so different in each stage of your life. So right now I don't have children like you do. And so I am able to put my head down and work, 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 work. I know that this is this chapter is going to close soon and I will have children eventually and things are going to change. I think, you know, I moved probably 30 times when I was younger. And so I was, I was very used to like chaos and change. And um, I'm very well aware that nothing stays the same. It's constantly changing. So like my balance today is probably going to be very different than my balance when I have children. Um, there's definitely different seasons in your life. And in knowing that, I know that right now I don't have children. So it's important for me, for what I want to build, to put my head to the grindstone and bust my ass every day um, because I do want to have children. I love that. But I think what you'll find too is when you do have kids, it's such an intense focuser. Like, yes, you're working so hard right now, but I tell you when you've got kids on the sidelines too, it will actually make you more productive because you absolutely take advantage of your time. Any kind of free time that you might've had doing anything else, like you will maximize your time. Like I work harder now than I ever did before having kids. I mean, yeah, that's funny that you say that because they say, if you want to, if you want to get something done, ask a busy person. So that makes sense. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, so I think, and i actually, I grew up moving all over the country too. My dad was in the Marine Corps. So yeah, I mean, I've 10, 15 different schools growing up, all different states. And I think it's such a strength. I mean, it really is. I mean, it puts something inside of you that makes you want to work hard. That makes, you know, when stuff does happen, which of course it always does, you kind of just get back up, you know, and you're like, well, you know, on to the next thing. You just, I don't know. I think it's, 
I, I totally see the value in growing up in one place in one school with the same friends, but there's something about having that adaptability within your being. You know, I think it's an absolute thing. Absolutely. I mean, any adversity I've ever had in my life has just given me like an extra shield of armor. I mean, once you've been through, through a lot of adversity, things don't bother you as much. You're able, you're able to let it go and be more easygoing. I mean, uh, to be really honest with you, I thrive in chaos. Like, and that's probably not the entrepreneurial answer that you guys, <laughs> that you want, but it's true. Like I, I thrive in a chaotic environment. And I think that, um, that's just because I am so adaptable because my childhood was all over the place. Yeah. Well, you're going to be great at motherhood. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully Michael really steps up to the plate. I wish he could carry the baby for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm into that. Um, so, I mean, I feel like you're constantly working, like that's just kind of your MO. Like, do you ever feel like you want to run away or completely disengage or, you know, disable the Instagram account? Like, do you ever have those moments where you're like, I just, I just need a break. I can't do this. Yes. All the time. I actually, this weekend on Friday, I came home and I was, I had been traveling for two weeks, literally working from the second I woke up to the second I went to bed. And then my parents were in town in New York. So we were also entertaining them. And then Michael's parents came into town too. So there was two sets of parents and I was like, I was wiped. And then we had to go straight from New York to Mexico for a wedding. And I came home and I literally looked at Michael and I said, my cell phone battery is at a 1%, (laughs) like that meaning me and I just need to recharge. And so I, turned my phone off for three days and just didn't do anything. And I think I'm starting to see with social media, like it's really great to be moving and to be everywhere and to be, you know, working and showing and all this stuff. But I also think there's something to be said about taking a minute and stopping and almost giving the reader a commercial break, like, like have a little mystery. Like, so I just went off the grid for three days and I woke up Monday morning feeling a hundred percent better. So I think you just really have to have that mind body connection and know when it's time to turn off. Um, I'm a huge reader. So at night, if I'm ever on my phone, instead of scrolling through social media, I'll read. Um, and that really helps me sort of turn off. I meditate every day. I make it a, a point to work out every day and not even just for my body, but just like to have an hour to myself. Um, I, I do a lot of self-care and I do a lot of passive multitasking. So like I told you earlier, right now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this podcast with you and we're working on this, but at the same time, I'm able to get my hair and makeup done. And that sounds to some people that sounds crazy, but let me just explain that mindset. So my biggest asset and my most important thing to me is my time. Mm -hmm. And that is what I care about. And if I have to spend money on time, it's worth it if I'm able to get something else done. So I try not to think of it as multitasking. It's more passive multitasking. So if I'm, um, if I'm cleaning the kitchen, I'm always listening to a podcast to learn more. If I'm driving, I'm listening to a podcast. If I'm getting my nails done in the nail salon, I'm listening to a podcast. That's passive multitasking. I'm able to learn and build my business but I'm also getting something that needs to get done, done. And so for me to do my hair and makeup, some, and I don't do this every day, but on the days I'm really busy, it's, it, that's an hour of my day that I could have spent building my business. So 
I really, really, really look at my time. I think that's the number one thing I do that is different. If, if it requires, like if I have to post a bunch of social media, I will take an Uber. I just think it's worth it. And I really, really attribute that to how I've built my business is I'm so cognitive of my time. And I think that's such a great lesson, a lesson for anyone listening is that, you know, our time is precious. It is finite. And if you want to really live a full and beautiful life, you need to maximize every single chance you get to make the most of it, you know, to have a goal, to have a purpose. I don't know if you've listened to the Lewis House, um, uh, Jordan Peterson podcast yet, but I mean, it totally flipped a switch for me. Like, it's just like, if you don't have that goal, that purpose in life, you know, you obviously have your business and, you know, the podcast, which I definitely want to ask you about. It's like, you're just kind of in no man's land. Like you're kind of just drifting along. And then that's what I think when a lot of depression comes in and anxiety and things like that, because you don't have that focal point to work towards, you know, and you clearly do. Totally. I think um, I have a mentor who I talk to all the time and he told me that when you're not progressing and moving forward, you feel depressed. And yeah. He also said, you feel depressed if you feel you don't have control over your day. So before I go to bed every night, I look at my calendar for the next day and I really get it under control and see, okay, where can I, where can I take an Uber? You know, if, can I get my makeup done while I'm doing a podcast? Can I, um, do conference calls while I'm in the car? Um, and even speaking on time, I'm a huge fan of time batching where, you do one task at this, like, like today, all day, I have conference calls all day and that's only on Wednesdays. Mm. So then that leaves all this open space for me to be able to create content instead of taking calls here and there. Um, time batching is another thing that's been super helpful. And I'm sure as a mom, you can relate to this, like just doing one thing and getting it all done. So you don't have to do it throughout the week. So like another example would be, you know, um, sitting down and writing all your blog content in, in five hours instead of doing it every single day or doing a photo shoot twice a month as opposed to once a week. Um, really batching time is something that's really been beneficial as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I want to talk to you about the podcast that you do with your husband. Um, I'm obsessed with it. I love like the variety of guests that you have on. I love the content because I feel like it's, it really brings value. You know, that's when I'm going to listen to a podcast is, is if I'm learning something, I'm getting something out of it and it's entertaining, which it's all of those things. So how did the podcast come about? How did you guys decide to do that together? That's so funny that you say that because I was just telling someone, Mel Gibson says that if you can entertain, educate and inspire someone, you're good. But if you can do all three, you're great. And so, um, you, as a creator, you know, this, like you, you want to try to be doing one of those things with each platform. And if you can do all three, like it, it's really, I mean, for me, it's like, it gets me off. Um, so I'm sorry, I completely derailed your question. What are you saying? <laughs> I just wanted to tell you that quote because I love it. No, I love that. And it's so true. But no, I was just asking like, how did the podcast come about? And then to take that further, like, how did you decide to go all in with your husband? Cause I know that can be a touchy subject for a lot of people. Oh my God. It's more than touchy. I could write a book about it. Um, the, I, uh, so the podcast started completely different than the blog. So there's two ways here. I launched strategically. I had everything planned out. I had all my ducks in a row. The podcast we launched fast and adjusted with consumer feedback. So we were drunk in Mexico off ginger margaritas and Michael was like, let's start a podcast. And I just, this is two years ago. I thought, Oh my God, I'm, 
I want more influencers. I want to see their personalities. I'm sick of the picture in the street. Like I want to be this pioneer in this industry. Um, and there's, for me, like it's fun to like take pictures and stuff, but that's not my favorite part of the job. My favorite part of the job is connecting with the community and, and writing. I love to write and just really letting my voice shine through the screen. So the podcast was like such a natural next step. So we completely just launched it knowing nothing. And the first episode is dreadful, (laughs) horrible. Um, and we just adjusted and we had like negative reviews at first and we just completely just worked at it every single week. We're still working at it. You know, interviewing is a complete art. It's something that I study every single day. I read about it. It's, it's not something that you can just do. The way you ask a question, it's, it's so, it's so important to get to get a valuable answer from someone. So I've really tried to master that. I'm still, you know, in the midst of doing that, but we launched it um, probably a year and a half ago, two years ago. And it's just grown into this incredible platform where we're able to connect with the audience in a totally different way. I mean, again, this is going back to time. I talk about time all the time, but the reason I like podcasting is because uh, this is the only medium where you're respecting your audience's time. And, and what I mean by that is like, if, you're, if your reader is scrolling through Instagram, that's not respecting their time. If your reader is reading a blog, that's not really respecting their time either because they have to put all their energy towards this. With a podcast, the audience is able to walk on the beach or get their nails done or get their makeup done while they're listening and learning knowledge. So to me, it just feels really good. And I just feel like there's something super intimate about being in someone's ear. I do too. I do too. And it's, and it is like such a, it's, it's a magical thing to do. Like I am obsessed with listening to podcasts, but also in doing my own, it's been a way for me to really find my own voice. And I wonder if you feel that way as well. Like you already had a strong voice with the blog, I feel like in your Instagram, but this is such a different animal. You know, my, my thing in my life is like, I'm an oversharer. I just always have been. It's like, I, I know I'm not for everyone. Not everyone's going to like me. And to be really honest with you, I don't care. Like, I just don't, if, if I, I'm not for everyone, you're not for everyone. You know, my, my husband's not for everyone. You just have to know that going into it. And the people that, that don't want to listen to me or follow me, don't need to follow me or listen to me. So with the podcast, like with the way I am, it's like almost really the perfect medium for me, my personality, because it's, it's, it's just, I'm able to just be myself. And like I said, if you don't like it, you can turn it off. Yeah, absolutely. So who's someone that has really like stood out that you've had on the show? What's someone that you think about just random times? Like, wow, that was a really good interview or wow, that person really changed the trajectory of my life in some way just from that conversation I as far as knowledge I'm obsessed with Dr. Dennis Gross I think he is a genius with skin I love skin so much it's been something that's been an interest my entire life I was you know like I hate the sun forever (laughs) and so having him on is he's so fascinating and smart when it comes to skin, I think Tanya Zuckerbrot is um, extremely smart when it comes to weight loss. She came on and talked about fiber and the benefits. That was a fun interview. Um, 
Melissa Wood Health is so vulnerable and raw and and cool. Um, the Balanced Blonde is a friend of mine. She came on. She's lovely. Um, Aubrey Marcus coming on talking about open relationships and ayahuasca. Like I just love I love people that are unapologetically themselves and and they are doing their own thing and, and living their life on their own terms and they're waking up every morning and literally creating their own future. That's what gets me off. Me too. Absolutely. Like it is, it is like when you see someone doing that, and I think you definitely are, it's like, it gives you a permission to do it yourself. And it shows you that it's possible. You know, I think so many people are putting themselves in their own boxes. Like this is how life is. This is how it's always going to be. And it's so not true. Yes. And I think that if my platform can help anyone understand that they can be them, whatever that looks like and live life on their own terms and wake up and dictate their day, I would be so happy. Um, it's, it's so powerful to be able to wake up every morning and dictate your own schedule. I mean, there's, to me, I don't know, maybe that's just the entrepreneur in me. There's nothing better. And, um, I hope that that inspires the people that read my blog, that they don't listen to their parents or their boyfriend or what their sister wants them to do. Like, I just think you really have to just do you. I love that. So what's something that you're really grateful for? I'm grateful for so many things. Every morning I meditate and think about what I'm grateful for. I'm thankful. I'm grateful for my health because I feel like if you don't have health, you don't have anything. Um, I'm grateful for my community. So grateful for my community every day. Um, the other day I asked them a question that was like really bothering me and they just are, they're so inclusive and so um, incredible and non-judgmental. And it's just, it's, it's so cool to see because that's what I wanted from the beginning. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for my relationships. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful, um, that I'm grateful that I can wake up every day and hopefully be an example for women everywhere. Like I said, that they can create their own future. I love that. And you're doing it. I mean, that's the, that's the incredible thing. Like it's such an example of someone having a vision and then actually executing it, you know, it's like, how do you do that? I think that I think that if you have a vision and you're out there and you're listening and you want to execute on it, I think the first thing is stop with the vision board, start with the execution board. Give yourself six weeks, no longer than six weeks. You can't take longer than six weeks. You gotta you gotta um, take that board and start writing down things that speak to you and put it in your living room so you walk by it. Go to Home Depot and get paint swabs. Go to the fabric store, get textures. Just decide what you want your life to look like and make it, you know, make it colorful and put it in front of your face and walk by it every single day. And once you've done that, start executing on it. Start working on it, even if it's an hour a day. You know, I've heard every excuse on the planet of why someone can't do something. Mm-hmm. I think, I think really, uh, you know, I've seen moms with, uh, I, we, we interviewed Rachel Hollis the other day. She has four kids. She's written like 40 books or something crazy. I mean, there's really like no excuse. I, there's, there's so many people out there that have hurdles or adversity or, you know, tons of kids that are executing on their vision. I think the second that you stop making excuses for yourself and instead of, I would always say like, instead of victimizing yourself, use, use that energy to let it fuel you. You have a choice. There's a fork, there's a fork in the road. You can let stuff hold you back or you can use it to fuel you. Absolutely. What do you think, what do you think is the biggest reason that people make up excuses and blame others or blame their circumstances? 
I mean, blaming others and, and, and making excuses is a losing formula. The second that I, that I start making excuses for myself, I completely check myself. It's, mm. it's the second that you can take accountability. I think that you're able to really thrive. I think people make excuses for themselves for all sorts of different reasons. I mean, maybe they've had a horrible childhood. Maybe they've had a bad circumstance. Maybe, there's, there's multiple reasons why I just feel like this. I feel like I wake up every single day with a thermometer of energy. And if I choose to allocate any of that energy on anything other than, than things that are positive that add to my life, I'm wasting my thermometer. So I am just really, really careful of where I spend that energy. And if it's, I don't want to sit around making excuses. How boring is that to use that, that energy of thermometer on victimizing, making excuses, you know, I, I just, I just think it's a waste of space to do that. There's, there's so many different ways that you can take accountability, whether that's reading and learning from other people or getting outside yourself or listening to podcasts or I just, I think it's just a waste of time. God, where do you think your level of self-awareness came from? I mean, did you always have it or was it, you know, curated over the years? Oh my God. No one's ever asked me that question. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, self-awareness. I think, Ooh, I think it's practice. I don't, I don't think it's something that is ingrained in you in birth. I think that that again is an excuse that people say why they're not self-aware. I think it's something I practice that every single day. You know, my grandma, when I used to get like anxiety, I would call her and she'd say, get outside yourself. And I think that I'm always trying to get outside myself to learn. Like, I always want to learn more. I always want to read more. I always want to uh, hear about other people and their journey. And, um, and I think that when you really, really practice self-awareness and whether that's, again, by listening to podcasts or reading or whatever it is, um, you start to get better and better at it. But um, don't worry. I'm not always self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> we all aren't so don't worry about it you're in good company um so what's next for this being confidential what's the next level next is just continuing to build the community and and I like to do you know meetups with with the people that have supported my platform I definitely think like a live podcast tour maybe across the United States definitely product that is um very inclusive to the community. I'm not just going to slap my name on vitamins, right? It's going to be something that is built with the audience where I'm listening to their feedback. Um, a lot more podcasting, um, you know, eventually taking the podcasting thing to a different level. Michael and I are, you know, talking about what that looks like right now. Cause it's like, I always, this is what I always think. I, if I'm doing something and it's working, I'm always like, okay, how can I put myself out of business? And not only how can I put myself out of business, but how can I be a trendsetter? And so I think like with podcasting, it's going so well and it's amazing. And, um, you know, we love it and we're in a rhythm, but the second you're in a rhythm and you're getting comfortable is when you have to say, okay, wait a minute. Like what's the, what's the complete like left turn here. I can stay going straight and I can do well, but like, how are we going to mix it up? And, you know, recently we've, we've brought on, um, we've had Mimi who's worked for us for like six years and we 
she's starting to do a lot of um, creative editing because she's 21 years old. And the fact is, is that like, she has that youthful energy and I always want to evolve my brand. Um, so I hope that I can just really, really be on the pulse is the word I'm looking for. I love that. That's so smart. That's very Gary V of you. <laughs> oh, so I, Gary, see Gary V is such a, huge influence in my I life know, like that's someone that I listen and you know what they always say like you're the top five people you hang around and I'm always like oh I hang around Gary V even though <laughs> I just listen to his podcast I mean you, you you when you do listen to like people if you love people's podcasts you do start which is why I think podcasting is so great it's like you're hanging out with the people that you that you look to yeah. um Gary is a huge inspiration I really really respect what he's done well, honestly, and I, I made that comparison. I know you guys have done stuff together um, professionally, and I see such a similarity in your energies, both of you. You know, so it's I can see why you like him and why you admire him so much because your energy is is very very similar. That just that hard work. That's really funny that you say that because I am so attracted to masculine energy. Not, yeah. and I'm not talking about yeah. men. I'm talking about masculine energy. So Jillian Michaels has so much masculine energy. And when we interviewed her, I was like obsessed with her because she's so strong in her conviction. And like, I just, she's, she doesn't care like what anyone thinks of her. She's herself. And Gary has so much masculine energy. Um, and I think that's what attracts me to him so much. Because um, it's you, you know, it's absolutely just, you. I mean, you're in this like completely I, like beautiful package, but you are, you have a ton of that. I love that. I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'll take it. Cause I like, it. no, absolutely. I mean, I think, I, you know, I, I kind of probably waver back and forth again, growing up in a Marine Corps household, like it was dominated by masculine energy. So I definitely slide more to that side. And I think, thank God I married someone who grew up in a household with just women because we balance each other out. But uh, yeah, there's something. That's perfect. That's perfect. There's something to be said for that linear masculine energy. Like if you want to get stuff done, that's where you need to go. Um, Yeah. So we're at the point where I ask my guests the same question and I love the answers I get because they're always so varied. Um, but what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? I wish that I was, was better with numbers. I'm, I'm, I don't, and now this is like, this is again, a pro and a con. So I am, I, I'm not turned on by numbers. Like I don't look at my Google analytics. I don't care Um, I'm not obsessive over my following count. I focus on what I have in front of me. And like, I just, and, and, and same with like money, like money doesn't get me off. Like, of course, everyone wants money and loves money, but, but that's not what drives me. And as it's got me to where I am, but now it's time to make that transition into a businesswoman and not just an influencer. And that's been difficult because I'm not analytical like that. I'm, I'm more creative. So I'm really thankful that I have my husband who's more analytical. Um, and I think that that works for us. It balances it out. Um, but yeah, probably definitely maybe I would have liked to learn more about numbers. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why you can hire out. (laughs) 
Exactly. A delegation, right? Yeah. Play to our strengths. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, well, I'm just so thankful that you took the time um, to come on the show. You know, I think you've provided already in this short amount of time so much value to our listeners. So I really want to say from the bottom of my head, thank you. I'm very grateful for you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for stopping by. Your support means the world to me. It truly does. And that's why I'm here. I want to support you as well. I want to provide you with amazing content week in and week out, content that's going to inspire you, educate you, and help you create a more beautiful life because that's my goal for myself and that's my goal for everyone listening here today. Um, And if you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I know I talk about it a lot, but it really does so much for the show's ratings and just getting the word out about the show to more and more people. So if you like what you heard, you can also find me on Instagram at Motherhood Unstressed. And feel free to send me a DM or feel free to comment on my latest pick about something in the podcast that touched you or, you know, helped you in some small way. Like, that's amazing. Like, hearing that feedback absolutely inspires me to keep creating the show and and to put it in a direction that's going to be of the most good to the most people. Um, And I can't do that without that feedback from you. So it really does make a difference. So I would love to hear from you. See you next time. This episode is sponsored by Organifi. Organifi offers completely non-GMO organic superfood blends that makes incorporating really good nutrition into your diet insanely easy. You literally do not have an excuse not to get your fruits and veggies anymore because they've done all the work for you. And if you use the code UNSTRESSED, you will receive 15% off your purchase at OrganifiShop.com. This episode is also sponsored by Sunday Scaries. These are the CBD gummies that are amazing for stress, anxiety. If you just want to feel a little more energized or regain your focus without all of that background chatter in your mind that's not serving you, use the code UNSTRESS for 10% off your purchase at 4sundayscaries.com. Lastly, this episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. If this is a company you haven't heard of, believe me, in the next year or two, you will. They are doing amazing things in the world of medicinal mushrooms. Uh, Right now, I'm kind of obsessed with their hot cacao with reishi, which is something I'll drink before bed every night. And it's just so relaxing, so calming, and so good for you. So it's kind of a no-brainer. Also, if you love coffee, but you hate the way it makes you feel, like jittery, stressed, just not well... Then they have a ton of uh, mushroom blends for coffee. Uh, they also have a really good matcha. So go to foursigmatic.com and use the code UNSTRESSED to save 15% off.